Hello and welcome to the Minimalist Moms Podcast. I'm Diane, a mother of three, living in Columbus, Ohio. I'm trying to make room in my life for what matters by getting rid of the clutter and living life with purpose. I hope you'll join me on the journey to think more and do with less. In today's episode, I'm chatting with Crystal Mickelson, the creator of The Essential Calendar, about how scheduling three months at a time can improve communication and collaboration. Crystal discusses how we can encourage more collaboration with family just to share that mental load of motherhood, how to communicate more effectively with family about our schedules, communication leading to less stress and more connection, and how planning at three months at a time invites more flexibility and more intention into family life. But before we get to the conversation, I wanted to know how you've been enjoying my new book, Minimalist Moms, Living and Parenting with Simplicity. Thank you for all the kind words so far, but I do have one favor for you. If you've recently finished or are about to do so, would you do me that favor and leave a rating and review on Amazon? It helps other readers find the book and prompts the publisher to print more copies to keep them in stock. Thank you again in advance for this. I know that it takes time to do, and I just really appreciate it. I've included an easily accessible link in the show notes for you. All right. Well, before we get into this conversation with Crystal, I just wanted to quickly follow up on what I had been chatting with you all about last week, and that was the decision to homeschool. So I don't know if you've seen online yet, if you follow me on Instagram at Minimalist Moms Podcast, but drum roll, please. I don't know if you can hear that through my computer, but we decided to homeschool this year. So I'm really excited to teach Charlotte for her first grade year. We've joined a couple of co-ops, which again, you don't have to do. It just honestly gives me a little bit more structure to my week, which is what I think she and I were both still wanting out of a public school setting. But yeah, I just, I'm really excited to take this adventure with her. As I said in my Instagram post, I think this is going to be really edifying for myself as well as Charlotte. And honestly, With the curriculum that we're doing, I feel like there are some areas that she will know more than me, which is kind of embarrassing, but also really cool to admit, but also embarrassing. So I'll let you know how that goes. (laughs) But yes, we've decided to homeschool and it really did just come down to a couple of factors, one of which was just this desire within me to do it. And I knew that first grade was probably maybe more of a low stakes year. So I figured if I want to do this, why not try now and see how it goes and then come back and reevaluate every year. So our goal is to try it for a year, see how it goes, reevaluate and move forward with what works best for all of us. The last thing that I wanted to say is that I don't necessarily want this podcast to become just a homeschool outlet for me. It's obviously a personal choice for our family, and I know that everyone listening doesn't have the same desires or can't homeschool. All that to say, I'm really not going to use this as my outlet to talk homeschool. I'm sure I'll have the idea come up in future episodes, but this isn't the direction I'm taking the podcast. Anyways, thank you to everyone that has shown support and love in regards to this decision. I really appreciate it. I'll likely be sharing a little bit more on my personal page than I will on Minimalist Moms, but sometimes they're a little bit interconnected. So anyways, I can't wait for you to hear my episode today with the visionary behind the essential calendar which I have hanging in my dining room and I adore this is my episode with Crystal Mickelson Crystal thanks for joining me today on the minimalist moms podcast I'm so happy to be here thanks Diane yeah I'm excited that we're doing this today I have found I don't even know how I found your account on Instagram but I 
loved it. And I had to buy one of the calendars for my summer, which we'll talk about the calendars that you create here in just a second. But I'm excited to talk today about scheduling throughout the school year, how we can effectively communicate with our family members with our schedule. Cause I know that's a huge part of me being organized. Um, just mm-hmm. having that communication and dialogue with my husband, but yeah, let's, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Let's allow you to introduce yourself to the listeners. Tell me a little bit more about if you consider yourself a minimalist and we'll go from there. Sure. Yeah. Um, I live in San Antonio, Texas with my husband and our two boys and we have a dog. Um, So just kind of a busy full household. And yes, I would definitely consider myself a minimalist, but my family (laughs) is not so much. I feel like I really came to minimalism when my kids were small and I really got a sense of how overwhelming a household can get just with like kid stuff. So when they were small, I really was deliberate in uh, managing like what was coming into our house and what we had available to us and just kind of trying to keep things as streamlined as possible. But they are getting really big now. They are 12 and 15 years old. And so they, you know, just like allowing them some autonomy on what they have and collect. It's not quite as minimal as I <laughs> I would probably have it or that it once was, but it's okay. We're, we're doing okay. Absolutely. And again, tell me how the essential calendar came about. And yeah, I'm just curious to how that came about and became something that you really started thinking about and I guess prioritizing and thing that was in need. Yeah, absolutely. So it came about when my oldest son was finishing up kindergarten. So he's 15 now. So it's been it's been a few years that we've been doing this um, and using this calendar. Um, He is a boy who is very, very extroverted, very charismatic. Um, He also really thrives on routine and structure. So like the school, like school system is very, it's like a very good fit for him to kind of like meet all those needs. And I was just looking at this summer that was stretching out ahead of us and feeling so overwhelmed. I had him and then I had a toddler Um, And we didn't have much money at that time. So I didn't have a lot of extra money for like activities or babysitters or things like that. So it was really me um, being the primary caretaker for this very extroverted, energetic little boy and how we were going to make it through this long, endless summer. So what I ended up doing was sketching out a three-month calendar that spanned from Memorial Day to Labor Day. And then I sat down and we had like a few little trips planned, like to go see the grandparents or go to the beach. So I put those dates on the calendar and then, um, or like, you know, birthdays, kind of things like that, that we were working around. And then once I saw like what space was left over, all of the open space, I went through and I like made us a little schedule. So we would have like a library day, a park day, a swimming day, a museum day. And we scheduled this throughout the summer so that I had a routine. My son knew it was coming up. Um, He's also a kid that like, because he's so routine, he always wants to know (laughs) what's coming up. And he, you know, he really wants to just be able to anticipate anything. He's not um, one that likes a lot of spontaneity. So as we got this calendar up and I just tacked it up onto the wall so that we both knew what was coming up. And I felt like a sense of like, okay, we can make this, we can make this summer go, you know, um, where it wasn't quite as overwhelming once I had it down on paper. Um, And then as we were going through the summer, I just realized how beneficial it was for me to have this kind of high level view of my next few months. We also had like a a little countdown to like when school was starting again. Um, And it just helped the summer move so smoothly. It felt like there was some intention 
behind it. So that's kind of just the origin story of it. But once I had that small taste of living, like planning three months at a time, it really shifted the way that my family works together. And so we just kept going with it after that. After that summer, I had talked to some friends and family about it and they all wanted a calendar. So um, we started doing one for the holidays. That's like October to December. And then it turned into an annual calendar. So it's um, each season, winter, spring, summer, and fall. So it's kind of evolved and kind of taken on different forms over the years. But that was the origin story of how it started. And I really like that you, the one that I have is you can print out and hang it up so that everyone can see what's going on and what's to come. You said that your son didn't like a ton of spontaneity with my children. I would say that they're somewhat the same way in that we plan to provide room for spontaneity. I'm trying to figure out how to articulate that. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Yeah. I like that a lot for us. It's like, once we kind of get the, um, kind of the foundational blocks in place, then we're like, Oh, okay. So these are the times that we have to play around with. And like, what are we going to do with those times? Um, whereas instead of always just kind of like feeling on the edge of chaos <laughs> and um, not knowing what balls are going to drop if we do one thing or another. Absolutely. And I, again, for me, I think that it's been really helpful to let my kids know what's going to come. And so, especially for the summer, they look up on the little calendar that I have and they know, oh, this is what's coming up this week. It's safety town, or we're going to mm-hmm. do the pool this day, or we're going to go on vacation this week. And I think that helps honestly with a lot of daily transitions or even like going to bed at night, like, Hey, we can't yeah. wait to wake up for this the next day. And it honestly cuts down in a lot of extra stress with meltdowns and tantrums, because even my just turned four-year-old, he knows what's to come and what yeah. to expect. So I think, I feel like that's really helpful. Totally. Yeah. That's been our experience as well. And also I remember when my son, I think he was in like third grade, maybe anyway, he came up to me one day after school and I was in the middle of something and he's like, mom, how many more days until Christmas break? And then before I could even say something, he was like, wait, I'm going to go check the calendar. So he like knew exactly where it was. He could go find out the information. Um, And I just loved that like burgeoning independence. He needed information and he knew where to get it. And he wasn't relying on me to always just like be right on top of the calendar and be able to like dictate it back to him. And I also love that it's on the wall. The whole family can see it instead of, you know, hidden away on my digital calendar or, you know, in a planner or something like that. I definitely use a digital calendar, but I love this for family. So with that calendar being on the wall, I like how you said it's not hidden away in my planner. And I think for me, again, that's nice for me to know what's coming, but it does help me to collaborate with just other family members. Again, I have really young kids. So my oldest is almost seven, but she's able to even look at that now and help kind of guide the week if she has input, but also just see what's to come. But how would you say, including the calendar, but how can we communicate more just effectively with our family members in regards to our schedule? Yeah. So for us, we, along with the calendar, what we do is we do a weekly family meeting. So that's a time for us to just sit down together and talk about any scheduling things that are coming up. It's also great to talk about logistics. Like with my kids getting older, you know, they have more things going on. And so it's like, who's getting the kids where, at what time do we need to work out carpools, things like that. So we can talk about all of those things beforehand, before it's like the last minute, oh my gosh, we have to leave in 20 minutes. How is this happening? And then also with the family meetings, one thing that we also do is talk about like what we want to do, kind of like those bucket list things, particularly like seasonal things. 
your summer bucket list or your fall bucket list or your Christmas bucket list, you know, like whatever those special activities are that you like to do, being intentional on getting them on the calendar on a time that makes sense, that it's not stressful instead of trying to be like, okay, we've got (laughs) four hours on this Saturday. Let's make sure this thing happens. Taking a step back and being like, okay, how can we make this not stressful, fun, get the most out of the season that we want and, and kind of having forethought about it instead of trying to scramble at the last minute and fit it in. Um, but I think that it's it's great way to collaborate with your family on what they actually want to do and then being able to work out like logistics, things like that, so that everybody's involved. Yeah, I think that's especially helpful because as moms, we do bear the extra load. And it is weird because I am somewhat of a control. I, I, I don't want to say someone I am <laughs> when it comes to schedule being organized in that way. But at the same time, I was talking to my sister about this and when you actually break down everything that moms have to remember, stay-at-home moms, working moms, whatever mom, we have so much on our plate that we have to remember and manage and figure out how to work into the schedule uh, just in regards to even just packing lunches or getting kids on their field trips or birthday gifts for this party. And, oh, this girl has a birthday we need to throw on the calendar. So I think that I need to outsource some of the I guess, things that I'm managing, but also I, it's hard for me to personally do that. So do you have any other yeah. tips on how we can just share that mental load? Because it, it can seem really daunting when you just totally. break it down like that. Totally. And I, I mean, that resonates a lot with me and our family dynamic as well for a long time. So I think that the other thing that this has really helped us with is just getting my husband involved in more of the like family goings on what we're doing day to day, particularly like he knows when doctor's appointments are coming up or what cool activity, you know, like band concerts, like anything that's kind of like on the periphery that he may not know. He he's very aware of those things now, which really has lightened the burden on me a lot. And also it's just shifted some of the, like, this is my job. Instead of it being my job, it's now like family. Like, how can we, how can we collaborate as a family on these things instead of the burden falling solely on the mom or the primary caregiver, right? So I think that it just opens up a line of communication and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's um, a great way to have those conversations around something instead of like trying to have those conversations just like on one-offs, but it's kind of scheduled in like we're going to sit down for a few minutes every Sunday night and talk about like the week coming up. It's helped a lot in our family just to be able to um, collaborate more. Everybody knows what's coming up. And then um, the way that my husband is more aware of what's happening within the family on a day-to-day basis. So I want to put a little bit of emphasis on the school year and going back to school and getting that organized because we're releasing this at the end of August. So I want to know how I can structure our school year just to benefit all involved. And again, you've talked a lot about communication, collaboration, but do you have any other suggestions here? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like back to school season, kind of those, <laughs> that shift from summer break to back to school, it, it shifts kind of everything, like all the dynamics in a family, right. As far as like bedtimes, wake up times, who's at the house, when um, packing lunches, like all of the things really shift during that time. And so I think it's such a great, again, a great way to have a visual of kind of like, okay, these are how the next few months are going to play out, especially if you're um, switching over to more structured extracurricular activities or things like that. 
sometimes it can feel like you're just <laughs> drinking out of a, a fire hose when all of those things start coming at you. But if you can have a little bit of foresight as you're going into those things, it just releases so much stress, so much um, kind of like if that anxiety, the chaos, um, you can really alleviate all of that. One thing that's really helpful with school schedules, family, extracurricular activities is um, we have an accessory that you can purchase with the calendar that's like color coded, really thin, like washi tape. So you can color code activities or you can color code kids, you know, however it works best for your family. But then it just gives you such an easy at a glance visual on what is coming up for your family over the next few weeks or months. So it's a great time of year to practice this long-term three-month planning. You have the essential calendar and it talks about those three months at a time. How can planning it three months at a time invite more flexibility and just more intention to our family life? So again, kind of what we were talking about earlier, I feel like once you get kind of like those non-negotiables on the calendar that are kind of immovable, after that, you can see all of the open space that you have then to be flexible with, right? Like if you have adventures you want to go on or different outings or different um, experiences you want to have with your family, you can get them on the calendar. And I found that with my family anyway, that is the surest way (laughs) to make sure that things actually happen is if they are on the calendar and we know that they're coming up. A lot of times where it gets to be, we're like, oh, we have a free Saturday tomorrow, but then it just gets filled with yard work or, you know, we're tired or (laughs) things like that. It's been a great way for us to be deliberate in the way that we spend family time and the, the things that we prioritize and value as a family. It's been so helpful for us to be able to get them on the calendar, know that they're coming up and prioritize them so that they actually happen. In regards to the three months in advance, especially I feel like in this fall season we're coming into, there's so much that I want to do with my kids. And I think as they get older, that's going to be a little bit trickier because they're going to have a lot more input. But that said, I think that if you have older kids or a lot of kids, if you have like a a fall bucket list or a winter bucket list, allow everyone to pick one thing and then have it on the calendar. And Mm -hmm. then again, you can have more flexibility and spontaneity with the other days, but just get those things on the calendar so that you can actually make sure that they happen. Yeah. And I love what you said about having everybody pick one activity. I was talking to a friend of mine who said that I can't remember exactly what the activity was, but it was something that she put a lot of time and effort into um, making sure that it happened every year. And then once they started talking about like their um, everybody choosing something, she realized that like nobody cared about this activity and it was like super stressful for her. So she was like, oh, I guess we can just like release that and not <laughs> not put pour a lot of time and energy into it because it wasn't like nobody really valued it. It was just felt like something she had to do. So I think that's a great way to communicate about what activities your family really loves and what they find meaning in. Well, Crystal, this was such great advice. And again, I totally direct people your way with the essential calendar because it's been so helpful to me this summer. So where can listeners find you if they want to connect with you online? Yeah, we are at theessentialcalendar.com and also the essential calendar on Instagram. Perfect. Well, as we wrap things up here, I'm going to ask you the two questions that I ask every guest. And the first one is, what is something that is dear to you that you could never minimize or part ways with? Hmm. I think for me, it would be my old journals. I was like a very avid journaler all through like my childhood and into college. And they, for whatever reason, they feel like very special to me, even though they're just mostly full of nonsense, but they um, hold a lot of sentimental value, I guess. 
Do you ever go back through and reread them? <laughs> Sometimes it's very uh, what uh, cringy is that the word? Yeah, um, yeah, they're they're pretty hilarious, but I think they're like very sweet to go through as well. That's so funny. My daughter has stumbled upon some of my old journals in my parents' basement that they have kept. Mm-hmm. And just some of the things are so ridiculous that I <laughs> and I had to like. Uh, kind of sort through because I'm like, okay, I don't want anything inappropriate. Exactly. Right. Goodness. Yes. All right. Well, my last question for you is, do you have an area in your life that you struggle to keep minimal? Um, Yeah. For me right now, I feel like it's my office and like school supplies. I feel like, you know, trying to get my kids back into school, we're kind of like drowning in all of the school supplies. Um, and then just like my general office, I feel like it's um, a little bit of a dumping ground and just kind of piles accumulate. So I have to be really intentional on making sure that it doesn't get totally overrun. No, that makes sense. And I could see, especially because you operate the business out of your home, right? Uh-huh. Yep. We have a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that would be hard to keep it. I guess you're organized, but it's just hard to keep it minimal. Yeah. yeah. I really see that. Yes. Well, Crystal, again, thank you for joining me today. I hope that this inspires listeners to just get a little bit more on the same page with their spouses or their children moving into this new school year and next year too. So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Diane. It was great to chat with you. What did you think of the episode? Are you someone that uses a planner or do you have a calendar? I honestly use my planner, calendar, and the calendar in my phone to stay organized. As I said in the episode, I'm a bit of a control freak when it comes to scheduling. And honestly, I really do feel like that's how I can get so much done. And I'm not just talking about the obligations that I have. I'm specifically talking about some of the fun stuff that I will do. And that's girls nights or girls trips. And I definitely plan ahead, which is why I like the essential calendar so much. That three-month buffer really helps me see into the future when I'm going to need a babysitter, when I can schedule with my husband and make sure that it fits for him to help watch the kids. I highly recommend planning this way if you haven't done so yet. But I'm curious to know more of your thoughts. I invite you to keep the conversation going at minimalistmomspodcast.com and there you'll find links to the Instagram account, Facebook page, and where you can find me all around the web. Thank you for joining up on this journey. I wish you a lovely week as you think more and do with less.